<laughs> oh, all right. I don't know if that's gonna be the theme song for the podcast, but definitely, it's up there. Such a nice song. Such a nice song. You should love. It's in excess. Never tears apart. It's a great song. So welcome, welcome everybody, boys and girls. Welcome to my amazing podcast, season two of Eduardo Rambles. This is your host, Eduardo, in a new episode, episode two. Um, actually, uh, I might have mentioned this before. I don't know why I'm just thinking about this, but I I live in Copenhagen. Denmark. I don't know. I probably mentioned it in the last season, but I'm expecting people to start listening from season two because I guess, I mean, come on, look at this. What? I have a song. <laughs> so um, it's the level of production has gone up incredibly. Uh, so um, therefore, I'm, I'm expecting people to just listen to from season two onwards. So but if you don't know, if you listen to the old episodes, you'll realize I'm a I'm a little Chilean guy from South America, a little monkey. Uh, and why do I say that? Because it's it's gonna be important for this episode because we're gonna touch on a uh, we me I'm gonna touch into some very controversial topic that no white people like to talk about. But I think by saying that you understand what I'm gonna say. Um, so the other the other day I was on Facebook. Uh, I know it's an ancient social media network, and uh, nobody should use it anymore. But there is something very useful for for people like me who are considered expats, which is a nicer way to say immigrant without it being uh, having a bad demeanor, which is what happens in Denmark. Um, so anyways, there is this Facebook group called Expats in Copenhagen. Uh, and I've been there for the last, I don't know, five, six years. Uh, I moved to Denmark seven years ago almost. Um, and there are a lot of interesting topics discussed in that group. Well, I mean, some very uh, silly topics like, hey, where should I buy this kind of meat? Where can I buy Indian spices? Or where can I go to the cinema or where can I go to a sauna there's a, there's a lot of like silly topics like that but there are very interesting discussions uh, regarding other topics way more controversial topics and one of them and one topic that usually comes uh, when some idiot white person asks like hey is it true that Danes are rude is it true that experts have a hard time integrating blah 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 and usually the person who asks this question, usually, actually, 100% of the times is a white person. It's like, and they all go like, because they start with that, like, is it true that this is so hard to integrate as an expat? And the second thing they say is, because I have never had that experience. People are super nice to me. Oh, my God. And the thing is that, of course, they are nice to you, you silly, idiot, fucking imbecile. You are white. You are white. If you are white, you're going to be fine anywhere. Anywhere. Fucking anywhere. Well, except based on places in South Africa where they are killing white people. But the rest of the world, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. You are, you're in your prime. You're in your element. You are you're in the top of the pyramid, you know? So, I don't know. Like, I, 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 I think, well, you know, like, there is a word that I'm going to use here, which I think has a very bad connotation but 
hear me out. Have you ever heard the saying, ignorance is bliss? I think that usually white people are very ignorant. Ignorant of their privilege and ignorant of uh, the conditions and the situation that a lot of people of color, uh, most people, which is like the biggest percentage of population in the world, experience. Um, white people are so used to their privilege that they don't know it's privilege. They never experience any sort of discrimination. If anything, white people will always encounter positive discrimination, meaning that they are going to be treated differently, but positively different. Of course, things change if you're a woman. Uh, uh, if you go to South America, for example, where I'm from, if you're a woman, a white woman, uh, you're going to be treated differently. You're going to be treated better. But you're still going to be a woman, meaning you're going to be treated like shit in a different way. Uh, I'm saying this because my ex-girlfriend... So if, if you're wondering, why the fuck did a little beautiful Latino like me end up in Denmark? It's very simple, like... Um, uh, was it like what like uh, nine years ago now god damn it's been long I met a girl from uh, Norway when I was living in Santiago de Chile my my city and uh, after a very fiery romance and, and a breakup and a lot of drama we got together and we started a serious relationship actually at some point I was engaged believe it or not uh, and we decided to come to try our luck in Norway because, I mean, I, I wasn't, I mean, I had a shit job. She wasn't getting a job in Chile, so it was like, well, well don't we go to Norway? Uh, I work in IT and she's a journalist. I mean, obviously a journalist is not going to do great in South America as she would do in her home country. And, and, and as a IT developer, I mean, I, I should find our job easily anywhere. Oh, that's what I thought. Uh, but Norway wasn't prepared for foreigners. Norway wasn't prepared for any sort of labor coming out of Norway. Or if you came out of Norway, you were expected to be fluent in Norwegian, which is like, really? Who the fuck speaks Norwegian outside of Norway? Well, no one. <laughs> that's why I couldn't get a job in Norway. Uh, and fast forward a few months after I moved, I actually did get a job close by in Denmark and that's why my ex and I moved to Denmark and even after breaking up like six months after six months eight months after that I decided to stay in the beginning it was just because I didn't really have plans like I didn't I didn't have anything in Chile like when I when I moved to Europe I sold everything I gave up a very amazing apartment I was renting for very cheap in Santiago uh, so I didn't have anything. I, I was in a rush to go back to Chile, to be honest. I mean, I didn't have anything there. And I was doing okay in Denmark at that time. Then I discovered Tinder, and then it was like a, a completely different story. But over time, going back to the topic I was discussing, um, I think one of uh, it was really interesting to be in Norway when I just moved there. Uh, I was in a small town in Norway where my ex was from. And I... And I was very naive at the time, of course, because I believe the narrative that my ex had told me that Norway was a very progressive country uh, where women's rights were, of course, 
a, a thing where there was no racism, no no hatred towards minorities. So I was like, I felt very safe in Norway. And, and Norwegians are very are very quiet, very easygoing people. So I never I never felt strange until I I did until I started noticing that people would look at me strange. Usually kids would stare at me. Of course, it was a small town, so the only other minority there was was like a, a few Asian people that were like working on a Chinese restaurant, of course. Uh, so that those were the only minorities, and I was the dark hair, uh, ambiguous-looking guy, like with dark hair and a beard and a big nose. And of course, you know what I look like. I know what I look like, uh, and that's not precisely Latino. But that's another thing. Anyways, so when I addressed this with my ex, I told her, like, I think people are looking at me weird. Do you think they're a bit racist or something? And she was like, what? Being called racist in Norway. And I think just like being called racist here in Denmark, it's a big insult because, of course, they have this idea that they are very proud of how progressive they are and how... Uh, I don't know, like, in, in their minds, they cannot fathom the idea of uh, being sexist, being racist, being yeah, discriminating people in any way. Therefore, the fact that I addressed this very early on uh, with my ex, it was like, it was a no-no. We, we had a lot of discussions about that. And for a while, we didn't discuss it anymore, and I, and I, and I just went on with my life. I was desperately trying to get a job anyway, so I didn't have time to, to waste like, trying to figure out things. Uh, but one day, uh, she came to me, like crying, crying her ass off. And she apologized with me. And I was like, well, well, what's up? What's wrong? What, what, what happened to you? And she said, you know, I didn't believe I was racist. I didn't believe my nation was racist. But I, I ran across this, I, I run into this uh, article written by a black guy in America. And it was like, so it, it opens my eyes so much to my privilege. Because of course, white people never experience discrimination. White people, as I said in the beginning, white people not only never experience discrimination, if anything, it's always positive. They're, they're, they always end up on top, you know? They're always in, in the bright side, in the nice side of discrimination. Uh, therefore, but she, but since she had all her life, she had experienced this positive discrimination. She never thought about it because, I mean, why would you? If, if you have no problem whatsoever, then there's really no problem for you. If the problem, it doesn't affect you, then why would you fucking care, right? Until I came in the picture, until I was very close to her, of course, as her partner and her fiancé. Uh, and then I started complaining about this thing. And then she she read this article and she realized, of course, white people don't are, are oblivious to discrimination, are oblivious to racism, because they are never in the receiving end. Never, ever. Uh, therefore, you, you know, you usually use, uh, they use this kind of like, they, they, they react surprised when somebody mentions it, just because it's like, but... What? I've never seen that. My friends never say anything. Oh, my family never says anything. It's like, why would they say that to you? Have you ever stopped thinking about it? Why would they say anything to you? Because, I mean, 
you're with them. It's like, you know, <laughs> you, you know, you know what they're talking about. But anyways, so that's, that's a, a very interesting thing I have realized over the years here in Denmark. I look suspicious in Denmark. Um, even though the immigration here in Denmark has not been as heavy as it has been in other countries uh, in the area, like Sweden or Germany, especially during the migration crisis, like the uh, refugee crisis of Syria, for example, in the last few years. Uh, Denmark didn't take any fucking refugees almost. And if they took anyone, they would put it in, in camps away from the city, just hoping that they could extradite them or that they would just get tired and leave and try to go to another European country. Therefore, Denmark hasn't had as many uh, immigrants from other origins, different cultures, right? Uh, also, Denmark is not a welcoming country. That's another topic that I can discuss in some other, uh, more at large in another episode. But Danish people are, are not welcoming, not only to foreigners. I mean, they are not welcoming even among each other. Uh, Danish people are very used to have very, very, very tight close circles of friends and family, and they stick to them because they, they, they see no problem in that because they, they don't need anyone. If you are Danish and you're white and you are born and raised here, you, don't, you have no need to ever live. You have no need to ever experience other things other, other than just like maybe going on holiday or, or study abroad for like six months or something. But that doesn't give you a real perspective on what the world really looks like. So while staying in Denmark and believing all the narrative from the government and from uh, official authorities and even from your peers, uh, while you stay here, you, you, you don't get to really experience the real world. Uh, that's why for, for them it's not weird to fucking use their flag. I don't know if you ever come to Denmark, you realize that they use their flag more than the fucking US, man. The, the Danish flag, they use it for anything from birthday celebrations to anniversaries to fucking sales. If you go to a store and they have Danish flags it's because they're having a sale. That's how much they use their flag. They don't see it as a sign of nationalism. They don't see it as a sign of like, we think we're better than the rest of the world. They don't see it like that. And, and also mostly because they do truly believe that they are the shit. Danes have this really narrow-minded idea that Denmark is the shit just because they've been doing great with their uh, with their high taxes and their uh, welfare system. I mean, it's working great and they don't see it ever stopping. Um, so they don't see the need to really integrate into the rest of the world. They, as, at, at best, they think that the rest of the world should learn the Danish way, whatever the fuck that is. Um, so yeah, so if you ask me, are Danes racist? I would say, fuck yeah, but, but it has a catch. It's not that much in your face as it would be in other places, like in the US or the UK or some other places. Actually, racism here is a bit more passive aggressive. It's, uh, and it's funny because it's not even addressed towards me directly because, I mean, I'm from South America. I mean, uh, in the States, for example, they would consider me like trash. Of course, a wetback, you know, I speak. But here is not aimed towards certain minorities. It's aimed towards this uh, unknown of like the M word, meaning Muslims, 
things done like Muslims. And I understand to a certain degree why this fear of what's different uh, comes into play. And, it, and it's because, of course, things are very liberal and Muslims are usually not known to be the most liberal people. I mean, but just that would come the same for like Orthodox Jews or Catholics. I'm Catholic, for example. I was raised to be homophobic and hate women. I just learned that that's not the way to do it and that everyone is equal, right? But a lot of people from my own country, they never change their mind about those topics. I mean, discussing feminism is like discussing, I don't know, uh, yeah, I don't know, whatever else, just, I, I can't think much of it. But, but anyways, so Danes uh, have a very tight and close system and, as, and it works because it's based in trust. The problem is that you, they cannot, or they only, I don't know if they cannot at all, or it's unsafe to trust people that they don't know where they come from really. And uh, to a certain degree, I understand because uh, they do really, um, a lot of, the, a lot of, I mean, the whole welfare system is, is based on trust. If you can abuse the system, of course, and uh, a significant number of Danes abuse the system. And I'm not talking about second generation immigrants. I'm talking about actual white Danes, right? They abuse the system because the system can be abused. It's based in trust. Again, um, but that's the thing, like white privilege, one of the things, one of the amazing things of white privilege is, as, is, is that you don't have to survive. I mean, of course, there are poor people in other countries like in America or in the UK or other like European countries where less income, right? That they don't have a nice welfare system or don't have a welfare system at all. Therefore, white people are so struggles. That's, that's true, that's fine. But for example, here in Scandinavia, um, governments have worked, uh, the corruption levels are very low, uh, almost intangible. And, uh, and, and yeah, as long as, peop as the majority of people actually do not abuse the system, uh, the system can, can continue and, and carry itself. But of course, then you then you insert this unknown factor, right? Like, but people from I mean, I mean, I come from a country where people just survives. Shit is shit. Uh, the U.S. completely destroyed uh, the financial system in all of Latin America. So we are forced to in this extreme capitalism. You just survive. You don't live. You make shit money at work. You, your government will take will almost not take care of you if you get sick, if you if you are a pensionee, or you are a student, you're fucked. You're fucked. You're fucked. You, you you just need money to survive. That's how it is. So you you learn to survive. You learn to abuse the system. You learn to to cheat. You learn to be corrupt just because you will starve otherwise. That's the reality of it. It's it's bleak. It's sad. But that's how it is. And I know it's the same in, in uh, Asian countries, in a lot of African countries, it's the same. So, of course, immigrants or expats, if you want to call them like that, that come to Europe, that come to Denmark, for example, they come with this innate ability to survive by any means possible. And it's hard to adapt, in the beginning, I guess, to 
a system that just works because you you are taught your whole life not to trust the system, not to trust the government, not to trust institutions or other people. Whereas here, they rely on people trusting each other and people really trust each other. Uh, therefore, I, I understand that probably Danes over the years have had bad experiences with people of color, basically. Uh, but the problem is that then they generalize and they and, and they put all of us in the same bag. And the problem is that there has been so little migration into Denmark that they don't know how to distinguish between minorities either. Uh, so they think we are all bad. Paradoxically, though, whenever I open my mouth and speak in English, immediately the attitude towards me is a bit friendlier than if I spoke Danish. And that's a paradox, right? Because Danes think that you need to speak the language to integrate. When in reality, if you speak the language, you are at best a second or third generation uh, Turkish immigrant or something like that, right? Therefore, you are seen as undesirable as somebody who's been abusing their system, as somebody they cannot trust, right? If, if you speak English, you might be a tourist, or you might be somebody who works in a field that actually is not... I mean, that, that, I mean, if you are in Denmark and you don't speak the language, it's very likely that you are probably working in high-paying position. If you're good, in, if you're if you're fluent in English, it means that you're well educated, and it means that you probably have a position in a in a company that allows you to be here, a salary that allows you to be here, right? So they treat you immediately different. That's one of the reasons, for example, why I haven't learned Danish. Not only because uh, you don't really need it to integrate. I have Danish friends, and I have other expat friends, right? But at the end of the day, uh, speaking Danish, it makes you f makes you be more easy to target as an undesirable. That you don't. Uh, it's the sad reality of it. Um, as long as you look different, as long as you speak differently, as long as you have an accent, uh, you are the target of systemic racism. That's just how it is. They, uh, people here are very racially homogeneous. I would say it's not only because it's like a, it's like a very tiny country and the genetic pool, it's very, very tiny. All these motherfuckers look the same. Uh, they look exactly the same. It's, it's scary. It's scary. Uh, so they are used to just... Um, communicating and and dealing with people that look exactly the same as them so the second you introduce this variant of like a different skin color different hair color different accent uh, different costumes uh, different clothes they they are afraid because they don't know who to deal with that and uh, so so to a certain degree i don't think that racism here comes from a bad place i think it mostly comes from the fear of what's different the fear of like i don't know if i can fucking trust you and if i cannot trust you i uh, there's a dissociation from like you are here are you here do you mean well do you want to change my country do you want to bring your own costume your own religion your own language into my country do you want to destroy what we work so hard to build 
or are you here to join us? Are you here to be part of this thing? Because if you are here to be part of this, you have to speak the fucking language. You have to dress like us. You have to talk like us. You have to behave like us, right? But then, paradoxically, if you do all of that shit, you're still deemed inferior because it will always be the fear of like, what if you're just pretending? What if you don't really want to be part of this? What if you're just doing it to abuse the system? What if you're just doing a sneaky trick to get in here, to inter- to kind of pretend to integrate and then steal what is rightfully ours, right? So, so yeah, they're, they're, of course, I, 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 I can't say I'm the source of the truth. Uh, I have experienced a lot of uh, different instances of clear racism. Luckily, racism here is not as dangerous as it is in other places of the world. At, at worst, maybe they will shout something at you on the street, some drunk redneck fucker on a Friday night because he's drunk and he thinks he's brave and he's with his friends. But most of the time, people won't do anything. They will just look at you weird. They will just talk to you weird. The second I say I'm from South America, though, the attitude changed in a significant way. Uh, I, I guess they just don't know anything about South America other than, I know, fucking margaritas and tequila and Mexican food and whatever. Then, 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 then it's not as dangerous as, like, Ooh, Islam. Ooh, they hate women. Ooh, blah, 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 blah. Whatever. I don't know. So that's my two cents about the subject. Do I think... So to sum up, do I think there is a, there's a problem with racism in Denmark? Absolutely. I think there is. Uh, is there any way to work around it? Absolutely this as well. Uh, as I said, one of the coping mechanisms I found is that... I just have to show that I'm well-educated, that I speak English, that I don't give a fuck about them Danish. Therefore, I'm not here to, to stay forever. I guess uh, being a, an immigrant in transition towards going on the way out, I think that makes it easier for them to, to, to accept that you're here for a indefinite period of time, but not forever. I think that makes it easier. Um, but other than that, I think... Yeah, it's complicated because I understand, I really understand uh, how migration seems scary. I mean, Chile is fucked right now with a lot of illegal immigration. Uh, there's a lot of, like, uh, I was there just a couple of months ago and it was disgusting how, how destroyed the cities. I don't, I, I, I'm, of course, I'm not blaming migration for that because that would be stupid. That would be very narrow-minded. I there's a huge economical and political crisis. Excessive migration didn't help at all. It just made it worse because now there is like Ch- Chilean poor poverty and ex- imported poverty. So yeah, that's not great. That's not great. So uh, so I understand. Of course, it's scary. A lot of there's a lot of uh, problems that come from this fear of the unknown, right? And it's really and, and, and making and the narrative of like immigration being the root of the problem, of course, it's taking force, been taking force for the last, I don't know, 10 years or so. I mean, it's, 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 it's just a matter of seeing a lot of right-wing governments winning all over Europe and on the States, for example. 
I mean, it's a clear sign that the nationalist rhetoric it's it's alive and well, and it's not going anywhere in the near future. Uh, so I can't say that Denmark is the root of the problem. I would say there's a lot of factors involved. I understand that a, a system based in trust needs people to quickly adapt to that system. Otherwise, it's a bad look for all of us. Um, for all of us, I mean, for all of us immigrants, expats, whatever. Um, so, yeah, I, I think people are really in a rush and, and very good at, at judging uh, without really knowing. And, and the problem is that since they surround themselves only with people alike, uh, racially, uh, that share the same culture, change the same language, etc., etc., they will never see the difference. They are that when well, integration. That's another topic. I think it's too long to discuss here. But anyways, so if you are a foreigner, a person of color, considering moving to Denmark, um, I wouldn't be afraid of how you would be received here I, I absolutely not i think you would be safe you would be fine uh, you won't be welcome but even if you were white you wouldn't be welcome anyway <laughs> uh, you would be more welcome but not welcome as you would expect anyway so it's, it's not about uh, i think yeah there's there's many sides to this racism thing uh, but it's not super dangerous but i think it might become that if uh, the right-wing movements not only here in Denmark but all over the world continue to to grow and take uh, and become stronger right uh, anyways i don't think i said anything really i just talk and talk and talk and talk and i yeah i don't know anyways Somebody, like, I asked in this expat in Copenhagen group in Facebook what kind of uh, topics they would like people to discuss here. And I think racism is a very interesting one. It's a very tricky one. Um, but it's there. It's there. If you ask me, I've been living here for almost seven years. I, I've seen it. I've experienced it. And uh, I don't see it going away anytime soon. Uh, I'm trying to do my best to actually educate people. Uh, I, I, I don't shy away of complicated conversations. Uh, I know that things are very good at avoiding uh, hot topics or any, any discussion in general, uh, but I'm not afraid of doing it. So I will continue to do it. Uh, that's my little grain of, that's, that's, that's a little grain of sand I throw into the beach of complicated discussions just because, I don't know, how is it going to change if you never bring it up, right? How, are, how is the problem going to ever be addressed if you cannot even talk about it, right? Uh, but anyway, this has been a long, complicated, but very unfruitful <laughs> conversation about racism and whatever. So let's, 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 let's finish it with a little bit of... Woo! Yeah, music! <laughs> Oh my god. Anyways, this has been Eduardo, your favorite uh, podcaster. Okay, okay, shut up. Shut up, shut up. Guy from Inexcess. Let's go. This has been Eduardo. It's been a pleasure to talk to you, people. I, if you listen to this, please don't hate me. Um, and if you want to discuss some stuff, you're welcome to go to my blog and send me a little email or 
a DM on my Instagram at full full color gray. Uh, and yes, Eduardo Rambles, another episode, very long, very unfruitful. I, I'm a bit frustrated because I don't know what to fucking say anything. I think next time I will write a, a, a couple of pointers. Uh, so it's been Eduardo. Have a good day and talk to you soon. <laughs> <laughs>